Well, here we are for the 2023 SEC East Prediction Show. For the last, I don't know, five, six, seven years, Kirby Smart and the Georgia Bulldogs have held this conference, this division in this conference, hostage. Will they keep their streak alive here? Will they be undefeated? Is there going to be an upstart team like Tennessee that's going to step up and take them down? Or is there going to be a surprise out there? Maybe Kentucky? I don't know. Let's see what we got. Here we go, boys. It is welcome to the 2023 SEC East Predictions. We are Blake Melton, Bradley Newberry here in the DDS studios. Matthew Two-Tone Blue Parker, he is in the man cave. How you doing, Parker? Hey, I'm doing good. Get over there and listen to some SEC West. We got some firecrackers there. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, for those of you who missed it, you need to go back. I'll tag it right now here up in the corner. Go ahead and click on that SEC West prediction show. We had some fireworks in there, and I I honestly, I feel kind of dirty after we did that one. But before we get started, go ahead, hit that like and subscribe button here for us real quick. Check us out on all our social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. You can also download the audio versions of these podcasts on your favorite podcasting platform. Gentlemen, let's jump right into the SEC East. We're going to our backyard, West End, Nashville, Tennessee. The Vanderbilt Commodores last year earned a record of five and seven, two and six in the SEC behind Coach Clark Lee. For me, the key for Lee is D. They finished last in scoring defense the past two seasons. They got to step it up if you want to play in the SEC. Well, yeah, I mean, there's no question. If you don't have at least a somewhat competitive defense, particularly a scoring defense in the SEC, it's hard to really be in any conversations. But I will say this. I mean, we have seen Vandy at the lowest of their lows. I I feel like Vandy really kind of – it feels like there's some juice building up over there on West End. It really does. I think Clark Lee, uh, they have the right guy because, you know, we said this a lot last year, but – He actually cares about being at Vanderbilt, being there. It means something to him, and I think that's the right kind of hire for Vanderbilt. I think he's got this thing on the right track. What do you think, Parker? I think the stadium needs to be done before the season kicks off, and that's not going to happen. But speaking of defense, yeah, they're absolutely – they've been horrible. But I will say their best defensive pass rusher heading last year uh, had a season-ending knee injury during fall camp, and he's going to be back this year. They also brought in some big-time transfers on the defensive line. So – I'm going to sit here and say they should be better. Well, I mean, they, 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 they're not going to be worse. They're literally last, so they're, they're, they should be better. But the other returning production that really matters isn't playing on the field. They, along with LSU, are one of two schools to return a head coach, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, and a starting quarterback. And that that having those four things is massive. So last year was the first time that they defeated the Florida Gators since 1988. I couldn't believe it when I saw it. I saw Anthony Richardson quit in that game. Don't even get me started on quitters in Florida. (laughs) I'm a Florida Daddy called that one. I I saw it. (laughs) I um, I don't know 
I don't know. I don't know what they have back on offense. It feels like their defense is pretty putrid. Uh, I wrote down that the ceiling for me is six wins in a bowl, but I'm not predicting it. Yeah, I, I can't. I, I'm not going that high. I can't go that high for sure. But I mean, I I can rest. Everybody can rest assured that Clark Lee is doing all the right things here. Uh, he, he's like Parker mentioned, he's fighting an uphill battle here with facilities at Vanderbilt. It's absolutely an atrocious thing. The amount of money that comes into that university and the fact that we can't get a new stadium there that at least rivals some of the high schools in the area. Yeah. I mean, they are fine uphill battle, but they did bring back three receivers. Also, they lost their top Running back from another team, the SEC, that poached them. We'll talk about that in a minute. They do have a guy come in that looks good. Hey, people thought I was crazy. I predicted, I don't remember, it was four or five wins last year. And I'm going to do do it again. I'm going to go with five wins here, and I think they actually have a legit chance. I wanted to have them go bowling, but their schedule just prevented me from that sixth win, but I could absolutely see it. But five's my official prediction. I'm going to agree with Parker there. I'm going five and seven. I think there is a chance there if they pull off a Florida-esque upset well, again yeah if that happens um, then the wind total goes up i know that's what i'm saying so i mean uh but that was part of my fun they would have to overachieve to do that where i'm going back and forth between four and five is a tricky matchup at unlv i'm going four four and eight very real yeah they got a couple cupcakes there early uh they only start with hawaii i believe but to, uh, hawaii at vanderbilt no okay a little return matchup Moving on to Missouri, Missouri, the football powerhouse. <laughs> the six and se- they earned a record of six and seven, three and five, and SEC play behind coach Eli Drinkwitz. They Eli needs to figure out the offense, man, especially at quarterback. When doing my research, he's been the coach three years and he's had three different starting quarterbacks. This is year four. And by God, I'm reading that it could be a fourth starting quarterback. Missouri. I start every single prediction show, I think, with this. Missouri should not be in the SEC. But their pals, Oklahoma's coming soon. They're old friends. Great. Bring Oklahoma State. We'll get rid of Missouri. I don't Mm. care. Mm. Uh, I just – Missouri is a joke, in my opinion. Um. I think that them and Vandy are going to be fighting it out for the bottom spot here in the SEC this year. I Guys, I do hours worth of research on every one of these teams. I have the win total written down for this team. That's how little I care right. about that. I'll give you some. I'll give you and some. No, I mean, I know a little bit. I know they've gone the last four I'm years or right. six, five. They've won six. Won, yeah, one, six, five, six, one, six, six, six. six. Yep. That, that like their 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 defense was good at tackles for loss. I get I get some of these things. They're gonna the fourth quarterback, but they're just blah. Like they're the the I just yeah. I don't I don't know anybody that cares about this team. I'm with Blake. I yeah. fought for this team to be kicked out of the SEC too. Yeah, we eliminated them in yeah. an old old yeah. pod. From Go back, back in the to day. our old. I mean, this is old Jeez, stuff. old stuff. Old, old DDS stuff. stuff. We voted them out of the SEC. We kicked their asses out. Convince, convince me, Brad. Give me, give right, me, give me, give me some a stats. Did you have a thought before I did this? No, no, they All suck. Right. So I kind of, I kind of teased this thing up about three years, three different quarterbacks. I said, could it be four years and four different quarterbacks? Here's the decision: uh, if they stick with Brady Cook, then he breaks the streak. 
but they brought in a transfer out of Miami, Jake Garcia, which could lead to the four for four with Missouri. The defense actually improved last year, allowing almost nine points less per game. They're sneaky good. They were a sneaky top three defense, actually, in the SEC. But Parker mentioned it four straight years of we had six and six. We had in the shortened season five and five, six and six, six and six. I feel like they just keep banging their head on the ceiling. That's it. That's it. It's what they are. I'm going five wins. Sorry. I'm there with you. I don't want to see you in another damn bowl game. I'm going five. Five and seven. I think they lose the tiebreaker to Vandy. And they're the bottom. Uh, just for fun, I want to see him go six six six. So let's give him oh. six. <laughs> the devil drink witch. Oh, geez. Well, speaking of devils, boy, we stirred up this fan base over the last few years. The Kentucky Wildcats. They earned a record of seven and six, three and five in SEC play behind Coach Mark Stoops. Out is Will Levis in from NC State is Devin Leary. I mean, we don't stir them up. They stir themselves up. That big old they, jar of mayonnaise they stir it up. Well, they, they go out and they think that they're like, they've arrived. I'm not taking anything away from them. I mean, an eight-win season in Kentucky is, that's a hell of a season. I think I think Stoops there has done an incredible job. I think he's a great coach. Uh, is Leary going to make a difference this year? Maybe. Uh, maybe a little. I, I know he's good. I mean, but I know he's had some injuries and things. And I also just know what happens to, to players whenever they get to Kentucky. They turn into Kentucky players, which is not that big of a compliment. Um, I think that I think that Kentucky just kind of is what it is. They're they're stuck in that middle tier in the SEC East. Last year they had the worst offense in the SEC. Literally, like literally the worst. Sometimes analysis is easy on this. We look back at it. And they had a potential starting NFL quarterback. We'll see how that goes, but we'll look back at it. And they had horrific offensive line and no weapons. I mean, that that just is what it is. And Leary coming out of NT State, we actually had big expectations for this guy before he tore a, a pec muscle. And as long as he can stay healthy, I know I say we could say that about anybody. I expect big things from them. And talking about Vandy a little bit ago, Kentucky's the team that poached Ray Davis from them. He had over thirteen hundred yards. If you wasn't that long ago, when Rodriguez was out there pounding his head into the wall. I expect him to do the same thing. Wide receivers are back from last year, and yeah, they were terrible, but they were all freshmen. So I'm expecting them to be bigger. They're or bigger and better. They're no longer freshmen. A lot changes between those those years, and I know it doesn't mean squat without a better offensive line. But they brought in some transfers. Shocker! But according to reports, that issue has seemed to have been solved, sort of. That at least looks better. So I have hopes for this offense because we know that Bradley's favorite side of the ball is going to be good. Between the defense, that'll be okay, and some love from the schedule makers. They could get a fast start out of Kroger Field, man. Listen to this, Blake. Ball State, Eastern Kentucky, Akron, Vanderbilt, Florida. They could be five. They, they literally could be five. and oh. A team that I don't even want to give five wins could be five and oh to start. The, they could find themselves at five and oh and rank number 15 in the nation. I mean that's what Before they do. The bottom I out. mean, let's let's just look objectively. That's what they do every year. That's what they do. They they do this and they're oh, we have an SEC team that's five mm-hmm. and zero. Oh. We got to put them in the top five. 
Put them at number 10. And then, they, and then they start getting into the meat of their schedule. Yes, they and do. And then they come back to Georgia. back home. Now, Tennessee. Can that momentum be be ridden a little farther? Maybe. I mean, maybe. I mean, look, guys, I'm I don't hate Kentucky. I just hate Kentucky fans, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Leary is a really, really big pickup for them. I just I don't have any confidence that they're gonna be able to get above you know, kind of that seven, eight win mark. Um, kind of going back and forth, though, right now. The play on this seems to go bet Leary for Heisman and cash out after five weeks. Because I have them starting 5-0. and oh. I really think yeah. that's going to that's gonna happen. You know, I think people underplay how good this defense really was last year. The only defense in the country to allow more touchdowns or allow less touchdowns than Kentucky was Georgia. That's the list. Georgia, then Kentucky, a total touchdowns given up. And the, you, you mentioned it. The schedule to start off is just... It's stupid. It's five and zero, oh, four and one at the worst. Yep, and they have a seven win total in this. And I really am expecting leaps and bounds from this offense. I think they match it. I think they get up, not match the win total bench last year. I think they get to eight wins, and I think there is a, a chance. I'm about to. You thought you felt d- a dirty in the West. There is a chance that this Kentucky team finishes just behind Georgia in the East at number two. I mean, it's not outside the possibility. Or realm of possibilities, rather. Um, but I'm going. I'm going eight wins, also eight and four. I'm going seven, seven and five, and, and that's just me hoping that Florida steps up. Now I want to preface a lot of this because I feel like the East, like, is trying to come up with something. I mean, outside of the the Vandys and the, I mean, Vandy's even coming up in Missouri. It's really just Missouri, in my opinion. I mean, Florida's kind of in a weird hey, spot hey, right hey, now. We'll get to we'll, them in a minute. Next. We'll get to them. But I feel like the East is getting more competitive, though. So we're ready. Here we go. We're gonna. Here we go. Are you are you ready? No, I'm are not. you ready for this? I'm not ready to talk about my team. Oh, they're his team. Okay, my, the Florida Gators, the ones that I have, uh, the ones that hate <laughs> me right now. Mm, the Florida Gators, sadly, had a regular season record of six and six. Mm-hmm. They lost their bowl game, went to six and seven. Mm-hmm. In exclusive, I mean, just n- no excuse going three and five in the SEC play when you lose to the Vanderbilt Commodores for the first time since 1988. That's, a, I that's saw, not a Florida thing. Man. I saw Anthony Richardson quit. Yep. I, I In Nashville. I saw it. I was watching it. I was looking at his face, his body language, man. He did not want to get up to the line of scrimmage anymore. No one wanted to acknowledge it last year whenever we had our preview show about this. And I said, my biggest fear for Billy Napier was that he has a bunch of quitters on his team from the year before. And he, what did they do when the going got tough? They quit. Now, I think the majority of that is probably out of there. I think Billy Napier is a tremendous recruiter. I mean, look at him. I mean, he's got great recruiting classes coming in. But you know who else had really good recruiting classes and hasn't had success? Texas A&M. Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M. And I'll give you one more. His name is Butch Jones. Oh, no. He had the number four recruiting class in 2016. And then the next year, he proceeded to get his ass fired because he couldn't develop the talent. It's one thing to be able to bring the talent in, but you got to be able to develop it. 
Now, Florida is kind of a mess right now. It, it, it's a mess. You know, I'm not completely blaming Billy Napier. I just think that he's not at a place. He kind of he stepped up into a little bit too big of a pant size, in my opinion. I think um, I just think it's a little too much for him right now. Parker out is Richardson in is Graham Mertz. Is there hope? No, <laughs> there's no hope because let me, let me just go ahead. I, I'm going to jump around here. Like they went from Anthony Richardson, the most athletic quarterback we've ever seen to wanting to solve their offensive woes on a quarterback from Wisconsin. Like that, that that's the answer. Let's go get Graham Mertz. Like, yeah, he has a lot of starts, but he, but he sucks. Like, I watched the spring game. It looked like us out there playing. It was unbelievable. And to touch on Blake's point about Billy Napier and being able to recruit in 2024 right now, they have the number three recruiting class. <laughs> they have five of the top 100 players already committed. I mean, th this team is so bad. They went back-to-back -back losing seasons in the SEC for the first time since the 1950s. They were one in five against top 25 teams last year, and they bring in Graham Mertz to make it better. This is so dreadful. Do they not have somebody else there? I, I don't understand how bad this is. I don't understand uh, on top of quarterbacks. Okay, let's say Graham Mertz is amazing. Who's he passing it to? Anybody want to give me a, quarter, a wide receiver from, from Florida? Like Ricky Persall? That's going to be their Persall, I think his name. I bet you 90% of the people listening to this never even heard of his name, and I'm not even sure I'm saying it right. And he's going to be the number one guy. The offensive line is a question mark. They have one starter back from last year. I, I just don't know. There is one. There's one bright spot. I'll give it to you. And that's Johnson ETN. Those are their, their at running back. But you know what? I've seen it here in Nashville. Even if you have Derrick Henry, if you're getting tackled in three yards behind the line of scrimmage, doesn't matter if you got Barry Sanders back there. I, I just think that this offense is going to be so putrid. It is going to be outside the – this will be 13th or 14th in the SEC. And I think the other side of the ball is going to be worse. Yeah, I totally agree. I, what everybody needs to keep in, I mean, because look, I've had all kinds of you people out there, you know, leaving little comments. You people. You people. Yes, you, you are people. you people. You, you Florida people are you people. Go Gators. Now listen here. Just because you're bringing in high recruiting classes, I think in the case of Florida, that is a bad sign. Because what that means is you ain't got jack shit. That's why you're getting all these transfers. That's why you're getting these high recruits, because they see that they can go to an SEC program and probably play right away. And I'm going, hey, I hate to tell you, it's not good having 18-year-old, 19-year-old kids going out there trying to play against 21, 22-year-old kids in the SEC. It's happening for a reason. It's impressive when Alabama does it because they have it year over year over year, and when Georgia does it and year over year over year after they have winning seasons because people are going there trying to play for them. They're coming to your program because you ain't got nobody to play, bruh. Uh, Trevor Etienne, Montrell Johnson Jr., over 1,500 yards combined, 16 touchdowns. But who do they have to block for them this year? He's stealing my notes. He can't even see me. I put they lost four starters on the offensive line. Their defense is just as putrid, man. They allowed almost a 50% conversion rate on third downs. It could be third and six. It could be third and seven. It could be third and 30, and they're giving the blankety-blank up first down. If you don't have a defense I can trust, it's hard, hard for me to give you these wins in these swing games. And, and they have plenty because they're unproven. I mean, 
at South Carolina. Hell, a Vanderbilt game is a swing game now all of a sudden. Kentucky, at Kroger Field, at home against UT, is that a swing game or is that just a beatdown in Florida? I can't go higher than six. I'm going six and six. I hate to say And tell that you. program, that is a horrible, horrible record because so much more is expected than a six and six in the middle of the road. Well, I mean, so I hate to tell you, Brad, they're not going bowling this year. They're going five and seven. And we might be starting to hear some rumbles about Billy Napier and whether he's fit for this job. I mean, I, to be honest with you, I can't blame them. It's not what is considered acceptable. I mean, in if, a program it's, like if it's Florida. six wins, the, the head could roll. I mean, because way more expectations at that type of university than just be stuck in the damn I mean, middle. Pa- Parker can tell you, we're Tennessee fans. It, it, you don't want that to happen. This are no, you do two and three want it to happen. That that have a coach for two or three years and start all over is endless. I mean, now you're talking about recruiting being completely nuked at this point. Yeah, and then you've got you, honestly, Florida's got a whole other thing. We got to worry about U UCF. They're coming up into a major conference. They've got a ton of money. They're a bigger university. It's just another and a big name coach. Yes, it's just another thing to have to worry about. And and Brad. I don't think people understand. You pick six wins. That's more than Vegas's win total. Like, that's how down people are on this team. Like, as bad as this. Oh, by the way, Graham Mertz in the Big Ten West against the Iowas and all those powerhouses of the world. Won seven games last year, just to throw that out there. But this defense, they allowed 28 points per game. That's three straight years over 25 points per game. And you mentioned it. You look through their advanced stats. They're outside. I'm not going to go through them all, but they're outside the top 100 in all of them. The good thing. We mentioned this earlier. Hardly anybody's coming back on defense. So it's a complete rebuild. Good deal, right? I will say the really interesting thing is the defensive coordinator coming in, awesome Armstrong. He's a big-time name out there. He was actually hired as a position coach in Alabama. He was there for two weeks before Florida went and poached him to be their D.C. Um, they've got a great cornerback, probably the number two guy in the country behind Kool-Aid and uh, Jason Marshall. And we talked about this guy on the defensive line last year and Desmond Watson. We were like, what could he do at 415? Well, camp reports are that he's over 450 now. So, oh, oh my dude. God. I mean, Tennessee I went, had a heyday with him last year. I went through this schedule, and I'm not trying to hate. I counted the guaranteed wins, and I came with three. And then I have a few other that are coin flips. I've got this. It's hard for me to pick four, but that's actually where I'm leaning. I'm going to go five on this. I think six would be an absolute godsend. I think that I've got him going five. I'm not even happy with six as a Florida Gator. You shouldn't be. I mean, look, we went through this with Tennessee. I mean, crazy that is, man. Last year they beat Utah, but that was at home, 29-26. That's their week one. I mean, they're at Utah. Now that is the the key. We That is the one we kind of talked about. If you remember a few weeks ago, Utah might be without their top two quarterbacks. So maybe a sneak one there. So they could snake that, that could be one. Then they go at home against McNeese State. That should be two. That should be. Then you have Tennessee coming in to I'm afraid it might you afraid it might get, get ugly. Look, a lot of my thing is but Tennessee loves to slip up in that spot. Well, they do. I mean, it's it's a rivalry game, and all bets are off, in my opinion, when it comes to rivalry games. And then Charlotte, that should be another win. Then it's you know, and the nightmare at Kroger Field. Florida can't get out of there, apparently. Then they have to try to right the wrong in the Vanderbilt game. 
And again, what universe are we living in? It's saying that Florida and, and Vanderbilt is a 50 50 game. What it's universe stupid. are we living in? I know it's dumb. I mean, shouldn't even be a it's, question. It's dumb. I, can't, I can't go higher than six. And it makes me feel bad. Six is yeah. not going to be good enough. I mean, I think we'll know a lot after the Utah game. All, All right. right. South Carolina Gamecocks. They earned a record of eight and five, four and four in SEC play behind coach Shane Beamer returns quarterback Spencer Rattler. Blake Spencer comes to the SEC and he says, Hey, I can do this SEC thing. Right. Well, he finally said that, you know, he went about two, two thirds of the season last year before minute. he decided he was going to say that. For me, South Carolina is probably the hardest one of the one of the two hardest that I could that I can uh, give a record for here. Uh, I think everything is going to hinge on Spencer Rattler because I think he is good enough to be that game changing quarterback that they need him to be. Um, I mean, if he sh- if the Spencer Rattler shows up that was there at the last two or three games of the end of last year, the SEC East is. You know, a little bit tighter, in my opinion, if that happens. Um, I don't know. I, I'm I'm kind of on the fence. I mean, there, there's a huge variability here, I think, for their record. Yeah, they have a lot of regression in them, too, both good and bad. Last year, they had the most turnovers in the SEC. And they also had the most takeaways. Um, and you mentioned Sprat. Uh, uh, I'm trying to combine his name. Spencer Rattler coming back. He's been a big-time prospect. We've been talking about him for years. I don't really trust. And he's either awesome or just absolutely terrible. But the bigger thing for me is they went out and basically hired the Adam Gase of the NCAA for their offensive coordinator and Dow Loggins, which is really, really stupid. He's had three <laughs> or four stops. I mean, just like literally does not deserve. He should be flipping hamburgers. He's had three or four stops. Wow. He's always been bad. He literally worked under Adam Gase. I don't know. Maybe it's just one of these guys that crushes interviews and just gets in there and sucks. I, I mean, Google it. I'm not going to go through it. It's really, really bad. I've got questions about the offensive line. They've already lost their starting left tackle during the injury. No one has ever heard of these other guys. The O-line is going to get crushed by the SEC pass defenders. So I don't know if it matters how good Rattler is. I think this potentially is the worst offensive line in the SEC. And, yeah, they had some wins last year. They snuck up and, and yeah, they beat Tennessee. They beat Clemson. If they play those games ten times, how many times do they win those games, right? I I just – not sure who he's going to throw the ball to. Uh, I have real questions about this offense. I think we might be thinking more highly of them for how they ended the year than how they actually played. The game. And uh, I I look at schedule too. I mean, I like to, I love to play the game in college football and in NFL when I just take the schedule and I go win, loss, win, loss. The, another, another huge week one matchup. A ranked North Carolina team comes into South Carolina. Attend the lean SEC as the homer. But man, when I go down this schedule and I need Florida to hold up their end of this, the ceiling for me is not even enough to get to a bowl. I'm going five wins and it could be three for SC. I feel like it's going to be one of those we're all going to be crazy different on. I can yeah. see it in Blake's eyes. The yes. final four games last year, this defense gave up more than 30 
in every single game, and they lost nine of their 14 top tacklers. They brought in 10 transfers. Only two of them, though, were on defense. I, the, 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 the strength of this team is on secondary. They can't stop the run. You just talked about the schedule. You're not going to come out and get all cupcake and be feeling good about yourself at 4-0 and like Kentucky's going to be nope. if you're playing McNeese State over here or whatever. You got Georgia, Tennessee early. They have six and a half win total in Vegas, and I think the over in that Under. is literally impossible. Under. And I don't trust that. I think the end. I think they're getting value because of how they ended last year. The offensive coordinator is basically this pin. I'm going to give them five <laughs> wins. That's topping it off. Wow. Oh God. Here we go. All right. All right. Again, I had them going as low, you know, as four wins, and I had them. Hey, uh, as high as nine. Oh, nine. Do it. Do it. Do it. I'm not do doing. It. I'm not doing nine though. I'm not doing four. I did it for Arkansas. Let's go. I'm literally going right in the middle at seven and five. I am going over the Vegas win total, and I think they'll go seven wins, including a win against North Carolina. I'll be rooting for it. I mean, I'll be rooting for the SEC. If I had any balls, I would have said three wins. But yep. sorry. All right, here we go. Setting up you boys. Your boys on Rocky Top. Last year they earned a record of eleven and two. Six and two in SEC play behind coach Josh Heupel. They beat Bama. Mm -hmm. It was absolutely a beautiful thing. Even if the running back Gibbs drops a pass right in his hands, you know, it counts. Mm -hmm. Whip Bama's that's ass. That's why we play the game. Bama wants revenge. A lot of teams on this schedule want revenge, but Tennessee might be too good for any of them to get it. I think this um, Josh Heupel offense is, it's the type of offense that I think most quarterbacks would want to play in. Um, and I think every single offensive playmaker, wide receivers, running backs, et cetera, why would you not want to play in this offense? Um, this team is going to go as Joe Milton goes this year. Um, and if he plays with the improvement that we saw as he when he came in for the injured Hendon Hooker last year and then what we saw in the bowl game, I – I don't see any reason why why we wouldn't have similar success to last year. Maybe not quite as – I mean, we we had some toss-up games there, right? Um, it, it, it's going to be an interesting year because uh, the offense is going to look a little different. There are not going to be a lot of speed runs with quarterbacks. I mean, Joe Milton can run a little bit, but he's more of a power runner, um, which scares me a little bit, quite frankly. Because uh, I don't like my quarterback getting hit, and uh, speaking of quarterbacks getting hit, you know, I mean, we have the offensive line. We got to talk about Cooper Mays is a little bit dinged up. He's had a procedure done. They they say he'll be out maybe a couple weeks, or two or three weeks, I think, uh, two or three more weeks, I think. And we got a battle at left uh, left tackle that we're still trying to figure out. Uh, but the playmakers are there. Uh, but as Parker alluded to earlier, you know, uh, or maybe it was in the West podcast, uh, this is a run for first offense. We got to be able to run the ball in first down. We have to, uh, to make this offense really effective. Uh, we got the running backs to be able to do it. We've got the wide receivers to be able to do it. Um, 
the question is, is, is the offensive line ready to go? Or are they going to be healthy? You say they've got the wide receivers to do it, but for me as an outsider, educate the people, Parker, who is replacing Hyatt and Tillman this year on Rocky Top? Yeah, and it's not I mean, it's obviously Hooker and Darnell Wright also, right? All those, all four mm-hmm. of those guys are top 74 picks. And I'm with Blake. I don't think it's going to be that big of an issue because I think McCoy is an alpha. And I also think Squirrel beefed up. He looks he looks Squirrel. really good in, in the spring game. He looks fast. And kind of like Blake said, this isn't really an offense. And I alluded to earlier, like with Bryce Young and stuff, this is an offense that needs – it's more about the scheme, right, than it is the players. I think they have players that are perfectly capable of, of running in this because nobody was talking about Hyatt going into the last year, you know, nope. and he just kind of nope. came out of absolutely nowhere. That's going to happen with somebody – Again, and talking about Milton, trying to look at this from a glass half full. I mean, he should be better than when he started in first year, right? Like, like he's got more time under it. But if you're going to look at it the other way, this is the third time he's got a freaking starting job. There's a reason he's been benched once, benched twice, and had it then playing backup again. Like, let's see if he can hold on to it. Squirrel, Squirrel White recently said everybody knows he can throw it deep, but his accuracy is really A1 now. So there are multiple quotes from people that say, hey, He's got it figured out. He's got it figured out. But, you know, I would point to like a Tebow or Anthony Richardson of the world where, hey, yeah, they've got their release figured out. But when it gets under pressure, do they revert back to the old and, you know, rocket ship it into the 10th stands? We're going to find that out. So the interesting, yeah, you talked about the the rumors about his accuracy being so good. They said that they have not had, there were rumors there for several practices that there was not a ball that hit the ground that he threw. No, they hit the stands. That's not what they're still going about the receivers. Dante, Dante Thornton transferred in from Oregon, right? He's a six, five, two guy. He's your, he's your vertical guy. Ramel Keaton. He was there last year. Yep. Brew. Brew's on the other. He's I, over I, there too. Squirrel. I, love, I, I mean, we got, we, we got receivers. I, I love Brew. The playmakers. We got playmakers and it's, but it's not really about that. I, it's what Parker said. Most of it is just scheme. Most of it was Jalen Hyatt just didn't have anybody within five yards of him because they got he got schemed yeah, open. It's a beautiful thing. I saw it a lot in the 90s with Steve Spurrier. Yeah. Danny Werfel and mm-hmm. crew. I mean, that's okay. That so, works in college. But, but let's talk about it because I know Bradley's about to t- bring it up here. The, the defense. Fence. Now, see, see, this is the thing, though. If they're 10% better, I think that is a huge plus. And I think they're going to be quite a bit better. I'm not saying they're going to be a top SEC defense, but I don't think that this team is requiring them to be a top-level SEC defense. Parker, do you have the analytics with the pressure rate? I have I have some of the stuff on it. I, last year, I went listen to our podcast. We were like 120th, and if I said we could get into the into the 40s or 50s last into the 40s or 50s or 60s, it would be a massive. Uh, advantage and and that's what they did they they literally yep. jumped like doubled what they were the year yep. over year they allowed a touchdown less per game last year they did than they did in 2021 now the question as blake says can they even get better because the offense to score 45 a game it ain't gonna happen i don't care i don't care hookers there whatever it's, it's not gonna happen yeah it's ridiculous young and banks for big losses on this defense but other than that 75 percent of the starting defense is back and i'm gonna tell you right now they're gonna gel i think they creep up I'm not sitting here calling them a top 10 defense, but if they can go from 120 to 50, I think they can go from 50 to 33. And if they can do that, that'll make up the difference in the efficiency loss on offense. I think that's huge. They get Keenan Peely out of BYU. No one's talking about this guy. He was BYU's captain. 
in four years, he stacked up 190 tackles. Give me a captain old man against yeah. some red shirt freshman coming in any day of the week. So while people say this offense is going to fall back, which I think it is, I think the defense is going to increase more than the offense is going to fall back. I like I, it. Yeah. I, I mean, because really the big thing that we got to keep in mind, we had like, we only had like starters on, on linebackers. We had no depth in, in, in the linebacking core at all. So, I mean, just be having another year of recruiting, another year of developing young, young kids, bringing them along. I think that is just going to be tremendous for them. And I'm with Parker. If they can just get a little bit better. I mean, you're saying that the offense is going to fall back. Well, you're talking about a historic offense exactly. from last year. You know, if they're historic to still just one of the top it's five. It's a good thing. It, it's, yes. I mean, it's a like, really okay, I'm 10% worse than I was last year. So instead of 45 points a game, I'm almost 438. Yeah. You know? I, I see this team going, unfortunately, 5-0 and because I'm a Florida Gator fan to begin with. And then here's the sleepy game where – it's in Knoxville at least, but could it be the look ahead to Alabama week when you have Texas A&M coming to Knoxville? I don't know. It, it just seems like this th- these three weeks, Texas A&M, Bama, and then the trip to Kroger Field. That you know, those are the three games I'm looking at. So you you have a sleep uh, mentioned a sleepy game, and you could absolutely be right. I I have one written down that's totally different. And I wanted to point out ahead of this team's actually good. And we, we picked them on some of our picks last year. And that's on September 23rd uh, to UTSA. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll be coming off. I think that's about that one. Yeah, I think a big win in the swamp with the revenge game on deck against South Carolina. That team is not bad. I'm serious. They're actually a good team. Go back and watch them. And, and it, it scares me. And we were talking about, I, y'all know me. I'm big on regression. And there's some teams I really hammered on. There's a couple in the NFL I'm, I'm ready for. And there's this is one here. This is it. This is the regression team. Number one scoring team in the country. Not possible. Best team in the country on third downs. Not possible. If you got past the 40, they were a top three team guaranteed. If they got past the, the 40, every time they did it, they averaged 5.8 points per game. Not sustainable. Offensive line was healthy all year. No one got hurt. Not sustainable. It's just not going to be possible to do these things year over year. And I'd be saying this if we had the exact same players that we had last year, which 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 scares me with this team. And they're also playing a tough defense after some of these easy games. They're going to play five teams that are going to be rated in the top 20. I'm going to go ahead and give you all my prediction on this. I think this team wins nine games. And with losing a starting quarterback, with losing four guys in the top 74 picks, I would be very happy with that and call it a successful season. Well, that is my big thing is as Tennessee fans, we can't get back to where we're saying nine wins is not good enough. Last season was a very special season. Yep. Is it okay to say that nine wins is our expectation? Absolutely it is. Uh, I'm fine with that. I know that there are other people sitting at this very table that wish that their team had that expectation at the moment. Yep. But I'm going to go a little more homer. One more game. I'm giving them 10 and 2. I don't think that AM game is going to be a problem. I do honestly, I think they're gonna they're gonna be uh they're gonna lose against uh Alabama and Georgia this year. Yeah. Oh, one All of those right. nines is beating Bama. <laughs> Ooh. Nice. Alabama would be hot if they lost back to back years. They're yeah. already steaming hot. That they lost last year. I think the more likely one is Georgia that they win, but I don't I don't think so. Virginia win. Austin P win. 
they have to go to the swamp. God, I just I just want to see I just want to see your quarterback throwing in the stands ten times in that game. Somehow they slip up, right? Only reason I don't have it going 10. 21 20. I, I don't know. UTSA. I'm not afraid of that game. I'm not even a UT fan. Not afraid. That's an SEC team against the Roadrunners. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. South Carolina, get them. AM, that's my trap game. Bama. What are they? What you going to be, Bama? Uh, Blake loves you. I don't. What you going to be, Bama? You're going to bend over and take it from UT right there. Kentucky, UConn, Missouri, Georgia. I'm going nine. Uh, I could see a world where it's. Do I say. No, I don't say 11. I can see a world of 10. I can see a world of. I think you could see 11. I think it's as high as 11. I'm going eight to 10. I'm going right in the middle. I'm going nine. Yeah. I can't see anything lower than eight. I don't think, I think once you start getting to 11, you're like, wow, we're having an incredible year this year. But that would be beating Alabama. And then, yeah. then it's UT Georgia for the marbles. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're saying Georgia is going to slip up, which we're about to find we're out. We're about to. The University of Georgia Bulldogs last year ran the table 15 and 0, 8 and 0 in the SEC. Behind head coach Kirby Smart, back-to-back national titles out as their starting quarterback and just named last night. They named their quarterback, Parker. Who are they going with at QB? Hold on. My stuff just froze on my face. It's all good. His name is Carson Beck. Yeah. He's been he's been at the university for what seems like five years. Yeah. <laughs> So he's going to. I mean, that's like a Georgia thing, though. Stetson Bennett was there for, or was in college at least for. He's going to inherit the keys to the kingdom and try to do something that, hell, I can't remember a team winning three national title games in a row. I've got it. I've got it. Parker knows it. I already know he knows it. Holy (laughs) moly. Do it. The Minnesota Golden Gophers. What was it, 1934 through 36, I do believe, something like that? Way back when. You're right, but if it's over 80 years ago, I don't I don't have to actually know the yeah, years. So, but it was in, it was in it was in the 30. But back to your point on the quarterback, yes, Carson Beck will take over at quarterback. Sam Bennett, by the way, finally gone after literally seven years and also literally not graduating. <laughs> but he once committed Carson Beck once committed to Nick Saban, but Beck technically should be better than Bennett. I don't know why he couldn't beat him out over the last couple of years. Bennett just had that it factor. Um, he had that uh, dog in him, that bulldog. He did. He really did. Over the, in the Georgia, they are running hot. Over the last two years, they've lost twenty five players to the NFL draft. They have the number one, number two recruiting class year, and if it holds next year, Georgia will have the greatest recruiting class of literally all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Bobo takes over an offensive coordinator, a job he's had before. He was at Georgia. He was good at Georgia, but in between stints, honestly. He's kind of sucked everywhere that else that he's gone. But, guys, you're probably going to mention this. I just have to jump on it because I think it's the absolute most important point. Last year, Georgia had a cake schedule for an SEC team. And this year, guess what? It's easier. It's like if we said the Kansas City Chiefs get to play against the Houston Texans for 17 games. I'm not even joking. I'm not going to hate it. Listen to it. Just think about this for a second. Tennessee Martin, Ball State, 
South Carolina, UNB, UAB, all those, by the way, at home for the new quarterback to get it right. Then they go to a – yeah, whole month at home. Then he gets to go to a struggling Auburn, Kentucky with a new quarterback, Vandy, a bad Florida, Missouri, Mississippi. Then, oh, God, they have Tennessee after they've got it all figured out. And then they figure it out with Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech. That's they it. Literally, they literally play one real challenging team. And they'll be favored by double-digit points. Florida yeah, they, and, and they'll, be, they'll be favored by 12 or 14 points against Tennessee. Come on, Florida. Jesus. That's the story to this team. I mean, I've got all sorts of stuff we could break them down, but it is literally the schedule unless they just do something stupid or unless, you know, Graham Mertz is the next, I don't know, Danny Warfel. They're not going to – like nothing's going to happen here with this. They have zero chance to lose more than one game in this regular season. I'm with you. I mean, it would take multiple shocking losses for them to be really not in a position, in my opinion, to they're going to be in dominate the, the East again. I mean, it's eleven or twelve, and I don't even have to break it down. I mean, I that's really how quick either. I can go right now. I can go eleven or twelve. Yeah, I mean, it's going to. It's. I mean, there's just there's one universe out there that it's going to come down to. You know, the Tennessee game. I don't really think that that's going to happen. And I'm a Tennessee guy. I don't think that's going to happen this year. I don't think that that game by then will be as valuable unless you think that Georgia Tech is going to take Georgia down (laughs) the next week. But, um, yeah, I've got them going 12-0, guys. To me, the thing that could make this unravel has nothing to do with on the field. It's all this crap that happens off the field with Georgia. If they somehow slip up and lose a game – Maybe because winning cures everything, right? Maybe, maybe a winning—you're not winning anymore. So maybe some of these things start to to, to slip. But I, I wanted to touch on their defense because they're—it's just unbelievable, y'all. In the last 24 games, they've given up 20 touchdowns. Uh, they lost Smith, Carter, and Ringo, but it doesn't matter because they have so much depth. They have eight of their top 11 tacklers back. If you look at each position individually, the defensive line, linebacker, safety, secondaries. Every single one of them is top three in the nation. All of them. I mean, at worst, most of them, I say top three. Most are one or two. There's only one or two that are top three. I I just, it's unbelievable. I'm not sure it comes to be Thanksgiving. We know what this team is. You know, I'm going to be saying the same thing on review shows for 10 weeks. I don't know what this team is. I got them going undefeated. I've got them going to the SEC championship game, and I have them losing. There it is. Yep. Undefeated for me against Alabama in the SEC championship. But they're still on their road to three-peat. They win the SEC. I mean, I guess when at the end of the day, you just want to get in the tournament. Yeah, I mean. Whether you win 11 games or 12, whether you lose the SEC title game or not, they're still going to be in the tournament. And uh, and that's what Kirby Smart wants. He wants a chance. Absolutely. I mean, it could be a curse being in that SEC game. Uh, Let's let's I don't hope for anybody to get hurt, but that's a heck of a game to to be uh, taking right before you get the the tournament gets here. But it would be saying the same things about Georgia if they would have lost Ohio State. Uh, or was that such a pivotal turning point that we're like, yeah, we're still gung ho in Georgia? I mean, I, we could have been sitting here talking about, like Parker said in our Big Ten uh, uh, podcast, we could be sitting here talking about Ohio State looking to repeat mm. this year. I would argue we should be. Okay. Ohio State was the better team in that game. 
It, it really seemed like it. They really did. I, I felt like CJ Stroud was absolutely balling out that game. It it was unbelievable. He was unbelievable in that game. If he didn't have that game, he would have been a second round pick. And people saw what he was possible of doing, and they were like, "Oh my God, is this the number one quarterback overall?" Uh, yeah. We'll break down some CJ Stroud in the AFC South prediction show coming soon. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, you already give yours. You already. I'm just going back and forth between 11 and 12. I really don't think it matters. I got Georgia and LSU in the SEC title game. Georgia winning that. Uh, probably both teams making the playoffs. All right. Well, guys, appreciate you joining us for our 2023 SEC East prediction show. Before we go, hit that like and subscribe button down there. We're on our way to a bazillion, quadrillion, pentillion. Four quadrillion. Subscription uh, subscribers down there. We really appreciate it. Like, share, and subscribe. Uh, check us out on all our social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Tell us how stupid we are down there in the comments. What do you think, Tennessee fans? Is Are we going to do as good as we did last year? We're going to take a little bit of a step back. It's still a good season, though, right? South Carolina fans, I know there's a lot of you out there. Mm-hmm. You think, what do you think? We're not exactly high on you. And Kentucky fans, I just really don't give a shit. <laughs> Gentlemen, final thoughts. Uh, yeah, didn't even think about this. But South Carolina, I'll just go with them, y'all. I mean, I sit here and predicted them with five wins. I, I was wrong. I'm going to amend that. Four wins. That offensive <laughs> coordinator is such wow. absolute garbage. Come on. Bring it. Tell me I'm wrong. Dow Loggins, I don't know. Maybe he could go sing songs with his other leather Loggins and do better with Kenny because this is just so bad. Uh, no, I'm out. Whew. Lord have mercy. Newberry. I mean, I'm not all decked out in all black for no reason. Oh, Coach Billy Napier. This isn't me talking, guys. Appreciate the work that you're putting in. I appreciate the recruiting that you're doing. I appreciate the man that you are. But six and six doesn't get it done in Gainesville. I could be saying goodbye to you at the end of the year. Billy Napier, you heard it right here, right now on DDS Sports Talk. Your Uh, name has been mentioned. It is engulfed in flames right now. And in parting, As always, go Big Orange.